Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of The Redemption Arc. I'm your host, Iman. Hi, everyone. I hope you're all doing well. Um, If you're a student, I hope that you're enjoying um, the first few weeks of summer. I know that I've been out of school um, for the past three weeks, um, which has been very nice. It's been a a very restful, a very restorative three weeks at home before summer really picks up with internships and um, work and applications and all of the other things that come during your junior year summer. But um, I'm super glad to be um, recording again. I, I took a break, I guess you could say, um, between the Black Voices Movement episode and today's episode. But I am very excited for today's episode because it is going to be the first. It's going to be the first episode um, in a series that I'm going to call Faith Fundamentals. Um, and so this series, I'm thinking it's going to have five episodes. That could change down the line, um, depending on how things pan out. But um, yeah, I'm thinking it's going to have five episodes and stretch. Um, over the course of the summer. Um, But basically, the the purpose of this series is to really get into, well, exactly what it's called, the fundamentals of the Christian faith walk. So getting into um, what I believe to be the chief spiritual disciplines that we are called to engage in, which are necessary for the strengthening of our faith, uh, yeah, the, the development of our relationship and um, intimacy with, with Christ um, and with um, yeah, to just the things that we need to do and the things that I think many people understand are part of the Christian walk. But if you are um, not yet like a member of the faith or if you're a newer Christian and you're still trying to figure out what things like reading scripture and prayer and worship, um, what that could look like for you, that's sort of that's the aim of this series is to really dive into um, these spiritual disciplines from my perspective um, and from my biblical perspective, of course, um, and really unpack them. Um, and so today, the, the first installment in this series is going to be all about reading scripture um, and what that looks like, why we should do it, um, how you know how we can engage with the Bible in a way that is going to be very helpful for our faith um, and ideas like that. So super excited to dive into that sort of conversation. But before I do that, I want to pray us in. Um, so Heavenly Father, um, Lord, we just thank you for, we, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that we have an unlimited access to you. Um, we thank you that we can um, bring our heaviest burdens to you um, and, and just lay them at your feet and trust that you will that you will deal with them and that you will support us as we are you know facing adversity if we're going through a healing process and even when things are going well we know that you were there we know that every good and perfect thing comes from you and so we know that regardless of what we are facing in a given moment, in a given period of time or chapter of our lives, that you were always there for us. And we just thank you for that. Um, And Lord, I just know that there's just so much going on in this world right now. And it is easy to be disheartened. It is easy to be discouraged by all of it, by just evil sort of, you know, running rampant in this world. Um, But Lord, we will continue to place our trust in you. Um, We know that you are already victorious um, over the enemy, that the victory has already been won, that your kingdom is coming, and we are just going to wait in eager anticipation um, for your return, um, for the, the restoration um, of, of you know, what you created this world to be. Um, and so, Lord, we just thank you for allowing us to be um, a part of that story that you are, that you are, that you're writing, that you've been writing for um, since the beginning of time, since before the beginning of time. And yes, Lord, we just thank you. Um, and Father God, I specifically want to pray that you be um, with the loved ones of those that were killed in the Tulsa shooting. Um, Lord, that you just be uh, their comfort, that you help them to process this. Um, and Lord, I just pray that um, in the midst of this really dark hour that they're in, that they don't lose sight of you. And if anything, cling closer to you. 
Um, and Lord, we just pray all this in your son's name. Amen. All right, let's start unpacking the first faith fundamental, which, as I said, is reading scripture. So I am of the belief that there is no spiritual discipline that would be more helpful to a Christian walk than being anchored, being rooted in the word. And so that's why I wanted to start off this series with this spiritual discipline of reading scripture. But before I get into why reading scripture is so incredibly important, um, I want to just get through some of the basics of the Bible itself. Um, and so the Bible, it's even though it's like packaged and, and sold as one book, it actually contains 66 books which is a lot. Um, and those 66 books are split into two different sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the Old Testament contains 39 books and the New Testament contains the other 27, which means that nearly two thirds of the Bible is, with, is the Old Testament. And across those 66 books, you're going to encounter several different biblical genres. Now there are a couple different ways of like categorizing these genres, but after doing some reading, uh, the, the list that I've pulled together contains seven different genres. So the first of which I'll talk about is narrative. So that's exactly what it sounds like. It's telling a story. It's telling the story of an individual, of a set of individuals. Um, and so you'll see this this genre in books like Genesis, which documents the, the first humans. We see Adam and Eve. We see their children, Cain, Abel. Um, we, we see the fall of man in the garden. Um, and it's telling a story. And so it's, it's less so giving... Um, directives or giving uh, straight up like sort of wisdom, but it's more so you are learning about, um, you're learning lessons, you're learning about God, you're learning about humanity through the experiences of the people being followed in through these books. Um, and so the next genre is poetry. And so you'll see that chiefly in Psalms, um, which I definitely think is, I think it's one of the biggest books in the Bible. Um, someone could correct me if I'm wrong about that. But in these books, sort of similarly, you'll sometimes get like more direct pieces of wisdom, but then a lot of it really is just prayers. It's prayers from individuals speaking directly to God, thanking God for what he's done, begging God to rescue them from a certain situation, um, confessing their sins in some way. You'll see a lot of songs within this poetry category. Um, the next category or the next genre is wisdom. And so these are the more like direct statements to Christians um, and, and sort of the commandments for how, like for what, what our lives should look like. And so you see this in books like Proverbs. I think Proverbs is probably the most like notable um, one. Um, you see it in Ecclesiastes and James. And so just some examples of like what what sort of statements you might encounter in these more um in these in this wisdom genre of the bible is you know you have proverbs 3 5 through 6 trust in the lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways submit to him and he'll make your path straight you have ecclesiastes 7 8 the end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride um things like that so you're not really following a story and it's not really prayers um but it's straight up like these are things to keep in mind if you want to walk this Christian walk. Um, the next biblical genre is prophecy. So in the Old Testament, you have, um, there are the four major prophets. And so that's books like um, Isaiah and Jeremiah. And then you have the tw 12 minor prophets. Um, and so those are some much smaller books. Um, and so what we see in these prophetic books, I mean, they're narrative in many ways. So you do, there still is a, a story being communicated, a people group being followed. Um, but in these books, we see God who is called um, an individual to, to speak to a certain people group, to communicate a certain message, you know, calling this individual out um, and speaking through them and communicating a message. And so the reason why these books are categorized as prophecy is because much of what is said in these books is not fulfilled until hundreds, hundreds of years later. And so just an example of this um, is, you know, Isaiah, um, which is, like I said, one of the major prophets. Isaiah lived 700 years before Jesus was born. And yet we see in Isaiah 53, 5, um, that reads, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. And so in this book, we see Isaiah clearly talking about the coming Messiah, the coming Christ, the savior of mankind, 700 years before he um, you know, came to this earth in the form of a newborn baby. And so that's, that's the sort of prophecy that you're going to encounter in those 16 books. 
Um, next, we have the Gospels. So that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. There are only four of them, and they are the first four books in the New Testament. And so the Gospels is where I think a lot of people spend plenty, like they spend lots of their time reading through the Gospels. And I'm going to, you know, get into maybe the books you should start with if you're just getting your start in the Bible. But I, I definitely think that um, one of the Gospels should be where you begin because it's in these four books that we get four different accounts of the same story. And it's talking about Jesus following following him from his birth to his his birth to his earthly ministry um, to his crucifixion and then the resurrection finally Um, and so each of the gospels documents that's from four different sort of perspectives and so you're getting different information different um, wording in each of them but it's all documenting the the life of Jesus Christ who obviously is what all of this is about (laughs) Um, and then next you have the epistles and so that those are letters those are letters that are written by apostles, by disciples of Jesus. Um, the majority of the epistles are written by Paul, Paul, um, the apostle Paul, um, who's one of the, the greatest messengers of the Christian faith, of the gospel to ever live. Um, and so these are books like Romans. These are books like First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, um, books like that. And that's when um, the person is writing a letter to a specific community, to a specific church, and they're providing wisdom to that individual. But it's obviously wisdom that we can then carry into our own lives thousands of years later and then the last genre is apocalyptic writing and so this is chiefly the book of revelation but we also see um, parts of daniel fitting uh, the book of daniel which is an old testament book fitting in this category and so these are writings there's a lot of uh, symbolism a lot of vivid imagery and it's um sort of foretelling things that are to come it's talking about it's talking about judgment it's talking about um the the kingdom of god it's talking about um the great tribulation all of these things which i personally have yet to really dive into the apocalyptic literature of the bible um i haven't you know i haven't read there's a good chunk of the bible i have yet to read um but I, i know that this is a genre that people tend to struggle with um, because it can be confusing, especially because of all of the symbolism and imagery that I mentioned. Um, But it contains some really important truths that I think that people, you know, the the church is really sort of um, clinging on to and, and being more vigilant about thinking about these sort of things as we see our world sort of descending into something crazy (laughs) but we're not going to get into an end times conversation right now that's not what this episode is about but that's just sort of the the basics of the bible so before i sort of explore the question why should we read scripture and then how we should read scripture i first want to briefly address the question how can we trust scripture because obviously for many people what stops them from even exploring the idea of the Christian faith is the belief that the Bible is just a set of fairy tales, that it's, you know, a wonderful piece of literature, that it's this, yeah, just really great book and it's the most sold book on the planet, but like there's no way of knowing that it's true. That is a common sentiment. Um, and so there are people who are, who can provide much more sophisticated answers to this question than I can, and who have devoted, like, like, this is partially what, this is what apologetics is, right? It's like making, like, an intellectual defense of, of God, like, the, for the existence of God, and um, f- in defense of the Bible, and things like that. That's not what I'm trying to do. That's not, um, <laughs> that, that's sort of above what I'm capable of in this moment. Um, and so I would definitely encourage you to look at some of the, you know, there's, like I said, there's just countless sermons, books, documentaries, um, articles, all about this sort of thing. If you need to be swayed to trust scripture. Um, some of the things that I've just pulled from, from different readings and things like that, um, that I just sort of want to briefly offer to people is that first of all, the Bible, the, the reason why, if you are, you know, a Christian and you're, and you're just sort of wondering, okay, how can I fully trust scripture? Like, wasn't this written by human beings who were like broken, just like I am, Yes, yes, it was written by human beings, but it was Holy Spirit inspired. Um, and so, and we see this in scripture itself. We like, we see scripture providing a defense for the word. Um, and so we see Second Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
And then 2 Peter 1.21 says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So this is this speaks to the supernatural authenticity of the word. This wasn't just human beings jotting down their ideas, pulling together the things that they felt were right. This was the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, one of the three persons of the triune God that we serve, um, that um, inspired all of these people to, all the, the, the 40 authors, which I'm going to get into next, of the Bible to, to produce these writings. And so that's sort of the second bit. I mentioned there are 40 authors. And so in many religions, the sort of the chief text, you know, at the, at the core of the faith is written by one individual based off of one revelation they had, one vision they had. But the Bible is actually written by 40 authors over a 1500 year period. And the thing is, these people aren't writing separate stories. They're not, they're not, yeah, they're not writing separate stories. They're not, they're, they're not, it's not a disconnected sort of um, disconnected narratives that we're encountering across the Bible. Really, they're all writing the same narrative. It's all pointing back to Jesus. That's literally what the entire Bible is about. Um, I can sort of get into that more. Um, but yes, yeah, so we have these 40 individuals providing eyewitness testimony um, who are, you know, writing words that are Holy Spirit, God, you know, God breathed. Um, and then there's, of course, like a wealth of research just pointing to the historical accuracy of the events that we see across scripture. Um, and so those are just some of the reasons that I, that I am going to just very briefly touch on about why we can trust scripture. If this is something that we like people want to explore more in depth, I can certainly like do a whole research project <laughs> pulling together these sort of things but i think that i want to spend much more time speaking about why we as as you know thinking that most of the people that probably listen to this podcast are people who are already interested in the christian faith um why we should read scripture um and how we can read it so that's what i'm going to get into next but i wanted to i didn't want to just totally overlook that question all right so this is the part that i'm most excited about why should we read scripture? I think that there are three main reasons that we should read scripture and why like why it's so crucial, why it's a non-negotiable of the Christian faith walk. And so those three reasons are one, to better understand God's heart, God's character, two, to better understand this world that we live in, and three, to better understand ourselves. So starting with that first reason, to better understand God's heart. So I started talking about this when I was addressing that last question, but the Bible, right, it's not 66 disconnected stories. It's rather one multi-generational, multi-genre, as we unpacked in the beginning, story about Christ, about 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 the, the person of Christ, about this triune God that we serve. And so from Genesis to Revelation, it really all goes back to him. So the same God that we see destroying Sodom and Gomorrah in the early Old Testament is the same God that was washing his disciples' feet, is the same God that died on that cross for all of humanity, died a, a, a painful and shameful death um, for all of mankind that was to come. And so I think that that is, first of all, an incredibly important realization to have when you are approaching scripture, um, because it's easy to sort of compartmentalize. I've heard people, I don't know if I actually heard people say this, but I've heard people say that people say this, um, where it's like a thing, it's like, oh, that's the Old Testament. We don't have to worry about that. Like the New Testament, which is like where Jesus um, is explicitly introduced, as I said, like through the gospels, that's what we as Christians have to focus on. And it is true in a sense that like, right, Christ came to fulfill the law for us. Like that's what the new covenant is where we, in all, in all the old Testament, we see like the Israelites and like various people groups just like struggling over and over and over again to fulfill the standards of the law. Like they are incapable of it. And so then we see in the new Testament, Christ come and fulfill the law for us to do what we could not do. Um, and then to die on the cross for our sins, all of that. That's, that's the gospel. So, you know, maybe we need to unpack the, the gospel itself in a different episode, but anyways, what I'm trying to say is that's easy to just sort of compart to, to sort of separate these things and then to because of that compartmentalize the different facets of God's character to be like oh yes like the old testament God like he was he was angry and he was all about judgment and then the new testament God and the in like in the person of Jesus um is all about mercy and he's all about 
um, yeah, mercy and loving kindness and all of those wonderful, happy things. But it's the same God. Um, and I, and once you, once you sort of adopt that framework, the way that you read scripture, it's going to, yeah, it's going to revolutionize the way that you read scripture because you're going to understand that in the same way that God is merciful in the same way that he is abounding with love like literally never ending unconditional love he also is a god who values judgment he also is a god who is who is just he also is a god that wants to um yeah who's all about instilling wisdom he is a god that we are called to fear right um and so i think that that is a very important thing that these 66 books um shouldn't be read in like isolation they shouldn't be read in the form purely in the form of like out of context quotes in like a devotional book, but they really should be read as, um, with the understanding that these are all part of the same story, larger story. I'm using the word story in the sense of like series of events, not as in like anything fictitious because <laughs> it's a true story. Right. Um, and so another thing I want to say about how scripture, like why we should read scripture is to, um, it's to better understand God's heart. So there was something that someone said a few months ago at a retreat that I was at, and it really, really moved me. And so this person was talking about how when they read the Bible, they're often reading for the sake of getting like a nugget of wisdom to carry with them during the day, right? They're going to the word because they want to get, um, yeah, just, just like some advice or like a command or like something like that to, to, to use that day to apply to their life like that that was the word is like how do I apply this the word to my life today and I think there's merit in that right like like the bible is supposed to be the foundation of how we live our lives it's supposed to be the foundation of our ethical like our moral code all of these things of course however when you are exclusively reading the bible for that purpose of just applying it to your own life and applying it to um you know your 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 day to day it's easy to then discount the parts of the bible where it might not you know like the i talked about how like there's a whole genre that's all about wisdom that is just providing wisdom so it's it's so if that's all that you're looking for it's then easy to sort of discount the other parts the, the parts of the bible where maybe that's not as clear or maybe it's not immediately discernible like it's not telling you do this don't do that and more so it's just about we see the way that god moving is is moving in someone's life or in a community like in a people groups people groups life um and so what i want to say is that you know the the whole point of this christian faith walk is to build a relationship right so we're supposed to be in a, an intimate close relationship with with god and we achieve and like we have that opportunity through christ and so if you're in a relationship with someone we've talked about transactional love on this in this podcast before right so but if you're in a relationship with someone you're in it for the sake of that person of knowing that person better and you want to know them better purely because you love them because you admire them all of these things not because of what they can give you and so we read scripture not just to get little nuggets and snippets of, of wisdom and and words that we can you know put in our instagram bios or post on our stories or like quickly send to someone but it's also just to know god better and like the entire bible achieves that there is no part of the bible that does not help us to better understand god's heart and that is a beautiful thing um and then just one last note on this idea of like using scripture to of reading scripture to better understand god's heart i think that in the internet age and just like yeah being it being 2022 i think it's very very easy because we have access to just so much so many different types of media right so i think it's very easy to just watch sermons and listen to podcasts and read christian books like there are countless countless ones out there which is really great like i'm glad that there's there so are there are so many christian influencers and writers and preachers of course that's wonderful however i think it's really easy to then slip into the habit of just consuming these kinds of media as opposed to going to the word itself but the thing is like when you accept christ you receive the holy spirit and the revelations that the holy spirit brings to my mind are not the same that he might bring to your mind or to your friend's mind or to your mother's mind right when we're reading the word like that is one of the beautiful parts about this christian experience is that it is so personal right and so 
Um, it's incredibly important to not just rely on these sort of secondary commentary on the Bible and what it says and to actually go to the word itself. I mean, there's also like so much could be said about like false teachers and like people saying things that actually aren't biblical. And if you are never taking the time to investigate that for yourself by going to the word, by trying to personally understand this God that you proclaim to serve, then that that could lead you to a very, like down a very dangerous path. And even if, like I said, you were consuming the content of people who purely, who actually were like spreading truth, like that's great, but that needs to be not supplemented. That that needs to what needs to come first is your own sort of discovery and exploration of these things, so that the Holy Spirit can bring revelations to you personally. And so, in addition to helping us better understand God's character, which is multifaceted, and yet every part of His character is is fully Him, and it's fully holy, and it's good, right? All of, like His justice is great. His mercy is great. His um, loving kindness is great. His generosity, his patience, all of these things are great and good because God is great and good. Um, And so in addition to helping us better understand that, um, reading scripture also helps us to better understand this world that we as Christians, you know, it's our temporary home or it's just sojourners here, um, but it helps to know what's going on (laughs) while we're here. And so we live in a world that really objects rejects sorry rejects objective truth like the idea of that and everything is just relative um but as christians we are called to have a biblical worldview and that is what serves as the foundation of our understanding of truth and more specifically christ is at the core of our understanding of truth because it's in john 14 6 that jesus literally says i am the way and the truth and the life and so even though we live in a world that is all about your truth and her truth and his truth and their truth, um, we know what the truth is or who the truth is rather. And reading the Bible is the only way that we're going to actually understand who he is. Yes, that's getting more into like the character of God, but um, understanding what the truth is, like what Jesus proclaimed, what the word teaches. Um, and you know it's very rare to have a biblical worldview today. Apparently, I was reading through a couple different articles, and like the numbers vary. But like, I think the the number that many of them settled on is that only six percent of Americans have a biblical worldview, even though still like half of the country identifies as Christian. So I think that just points to the fact that yeah, we live in a culturally eh, I don't know how you want to use that phrase, but like a culturally Christian nation, a majority Christian nation on paper. But many people aren't spending time in the word, let alone using the word as the foundation of their worldview. Um, but like we see in the word, we, we see in the word that we are called not to conform to the pattern of the world. So this is Romans 12 too. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, and so I, yeah, I think that that verse just perfectly encapsulates what I'm trying to get at here, that we receive clarity about, um, about God's character and about the world that we're living in because the Bible is a testament to, it it speaks the, the things that we are seeing in the world right now, evil running rampant, um, just like, you know, immorality at an all time high, the Bible speaks to all of these things, but none, none of this is necessarily intuitive, right? Like we're all born into sin. We are all, we're born into this broken, fallen world, right? So none of these things are revelations we would just have on our own. It's the word that has to clarify it for us. Um, yeah. Um, and then also in, in 1 Corinthians 4, 6, Paul says, uh, skipping the, just the beginning of the verse, he says, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not be puffed up in being a follower of one of us over against the other. Um, and so that phrase, do not go beyond what is written, I think is really important. And I was reading a commentary that I think just had some great things to say about that phrase specifically, because it's like, it is easy to, when you're not in the word itself, to allow other things, other sentiments, your personal experiences, your feelings, right, to sort of cloud or, yeah, to, to cloud your your judgment or to um, distort your understanding of truth. But as Paul writes, do not go beyond what is written. Scripture 
is the basis of what we as Christians are called to believe in and what we as Christians are called to walk in, what, how, we're, how we are called to love, how we are called to worship, how we are called to pray. All of these things are outlined in scripture. Um, and so there's no better source to go to than the, the word itself. And so the last reason that I want to touch on as to why we need to read scripture is to better understand ourselves. And in that sense, I mean, from in terms of like our identity, in terms of our purpose, but also in terms of, um, yeah, like how, like what we're called to do in this world, um, how we're called to live, right? Um, and so we're called to be little Christs. That's literally what Christians mean. Christian means. It's a li- like little Christ, which means that we are called to model our lives on Jesus's. There's no way to do that if you, if you're not, you know, going into those gospels, those first four books of the New Testament and you're reading about how Jesus lived. How could you possibly um build your life off of a model that you've never seen before? Um and then also um in addition to in addition to that, right? As Christians, as as followers of Jesus, we are a part of the body of Christ. And the body of Christ exists today, right? Like all of the all of the Jesus followers in the planet today, we're all part of the same body. But they are also members of this same body who are no longer, you know, walking this earth. Um, so which means that we're part of a long lineage of faith of faithful people, broken people at the same time. Um, but that's what the Bible documents right it it chronicles the stories of our forefathers in a way and so we can learn so much about god's heart as i mentioned about the world that we live in as i said but also about ourselves and you know this christian walk and what it can look like by reading about their experiences many of which can parallel our own experiences at different points in our lives So just to think of a few examples, we have people like Moses, we have people like Paul, Esther, who, who demonstrate how God can use unlikely people to fulfill his will, to, to move in, in leadership and to, um, yeah, live out incredible missions. We have Paul, who was the same person who was literally slaughtering Christians, right? persecuting and slaughtering Christians. Um, we have Moses who like wasn't a great speaker, but then was helped facilitate the the freedom of the Israelites, right? Um, we have people like Abraham we who through which we see God's faithfulness. We see the covenant that God made with Abraham. Um, we see people like Ruth and Naomi, David and Jonathan, which are beautiful stories of Christian friendship or Christian relationship. We see Job, um, who demonstrated remarkable faith amidst adversity, like unimaginable degree of adversity. Um, and so I think that reading the word, reading the stories of these people who were like us in the sense that, you know, they were born into sin, they were broken, they struggled with things, they, they, their faith faltered at times, you know, they doubted God, they questioned God, sometimes they laughed at God at times, not believing what he said to be true. They um, had problems in their relationships, they questioned them themselves, their calling, they dealt with insecurity, so many things that will characterize humanity until its end, right? Like, and will and certainly characterizes the hum- mankind today. I know that I struggle with so many of the things that I just talked about. And so to see and to read through the experiences of these people, especially in those um, books of the Bible that I said are really um, like fit in that narrative genre, but also the, you know, the epistles where Paul speaks very candidly about his struggles. Um, it, it's a source of encouragement. It's a source of inspiration. Um, at the same time, I think it's important that we not like sort of unnecessarily insert ourselves into scripture. There was a sermon I was watching at one point that I think really hit this nail, hit the nail on the head where it's like people sometimes read, read the Bible almost as if, as if it's like an allegory for their own lives and they begin to make themselves the main character. In every story, they're somehow the hero. They're the David. They're the Abraham. Um, but as I said earlier, um, this is God's story and he's just loved us enough to allow us to play a role in it as he did with each of those people. But in no way is this like the story, like, is this the story of us? You shouldn't read the Bible and think, wow, this is like, this is about me. I don't know that anyone would take it that far, but I think it's, we have to be careful about that to remember that at its core, 
We are reading this book to understand Jesus. We are reading this book to better understand who God is. And each of these people just played a role in helping us understand that and fulfilling God's will and helping to advance his kingdom. Um, I think that's a very important part I must mention. Um, and so, as I did say, like the word helps us to under- better understand our identity and our purpose. Um, so, as I was saying, you know, saying earlier, like we live in a world, we live in a broken world, right? <laughs> um, and in this world, just through daily life experiences, but also through like some of the serious trauma that some of us will encounter or experience in our lifetimes, right? The world can seriously distort our identities. Um, it can confuse us about just who we are and who we were made to be but the bible clarifies who our creator is and who he created us to be um you know if you didn't read the word there's there there, you'd have no way of really knowing that um these just some of these just a handful of the the truths i'm about to say out loud which is like that god knew us before he formed us in our mother's wombs that's in jeremiah 1 5 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made that's psalm 139 verse 14 that we are image bearers of god that's genesis 1 27 that those who accept Christ as Savior are temples of the Holy Spirit. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. That we are part of a chosen generation, a holy people, a royal priesthood, that being followers of Christ, right? That we are united in the body of Christ. Like all of these things that, as I said, are not intuitive. Like you can't just assume these things. You wouldn't know these things about yourself if you're not in the word. And, um, that's why it's so important to to turn to the word as the source of our or to turn to Christ right as a source of our identity and the bible is what helps us to realize truths about ourselves that the world would rather us not know and so not only does it help to clarify our identity but it also helps to clarify our purpose um so we see um, in uh, like the Great Commission, which is the call that all Christians have, that's explicitly stated in Matthew twenty eight nineteen through twenty. It says, "Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age." So it's in the Word that we see. Um, that 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 yeah, it's revealed to us why we were created in the first place. There's scripture about glorifying God in all that we do, whether we're we're drinking or eating or just you know talking, right? Um, to to glorify God in all of that, um, and so it's these truths that can serve as the the core or the crux of our identity and our purpose in this world. Um, you know, we see in first Peter two, nine talks about how we were made to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Um, and so in this world, as I said, we're going to encounter a, a lot of obstacles, a lot of, um, you know, warfare in many ways that will try to sort of, prevent us from understanding these truths and that's why it's important to turn to the word not just occasionally but um frequently to to make it a part of our daily um sort of uh habits or or, or life um life principles life disciplines um so that we can know who we are and who god is um and how to 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 carry those truths with us truths with us in a fallen world um and just one one more verse I wanted to touch on is Ephesians six ten through seventeen talks about putting on the full armor of God so that we can stand take a stand against the devil's schemes. And in that seventeenth verse, it says, "Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God." So scripture right knowing the word of god knowing what he said knowing what he's proclaimed about us knowing what he's said about this world knowing about his promises about all of the prophecies that he's spoken through those that he's called called into that position that is what helps us to battle the enemy whether it be you know the evil that we see like physically manifesting in this world to the more just spiritual personal attacks that we're all going to have to deal with at one point or another um And so, yeah, just sort of recap, um, reread scripture to better understand God's heart, to better understand this world, um, and to better understand ourselves. And now I want to talk about how we should read scripture. 
There's no one way to read the Bible. I'm just going to talk about the approach that I found to be very helpful. So first, before I begin reading any sort of scripture, I always pray for understanding of the word from the Holy Spirit, that he brings, yeah, brings me understanding, brings revelations to my mind, that I'm able to, yeah, just discern what it means in context and how I can, you know, apply it to my own life if there's something for me um, there in that regard. Um But yeah, and most of all, as I said in the beginning, I pray that it helps me to better understand who God is. And so the reason why I turn to the Holy Spirit before I attempt to tackle any scripture is because, you know, we can't understand scripture on our own. Like you can't do that just on your own sort of volition, if that's how you use that word. I don't know. Um, I'm thinking about a chapter in the book Urban Apologetics um, written by um, Eric Mason, where there's a whole chapter dedicated to the idea of biblical literacy um, and like actually understanding the word and how that is not a that's not possible without the spirit. Um, Because like the Bible isn't just a set of words. It's not just a set of um, decrees. Right. It's like this is life changing. Right. These are matters of life and death, of salvation, of sanctification. All of these things rest on on an understanding of of the word. And so, you know, these are these are spiritual matters. And so we need to consult who God sent to us to 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 do things like this. And like in John 14, 26, Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He will teach you all things, right? So when I'm reading this word, I'm not just going to read it like I'm reading any old novel or like a book for school, right? I, I want to be transformed by this word. I want to be my, my mind to be renewed, right? Through this. And, um, and so the Holy Spirit is the only one is the, you know, the only one that can transform one's heart, right? Like that's how we are sanctified is through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so who better to consult than him when you're about to dive into scripture? And we see in first Corinthians two, seven through 16, Paul writes about, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. Um, going to skip a little bit. It's a very long passage, but he said, I has not yet seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And then he says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Um, and then it continues. That's powerful. I think that alone is just, a, is just a testament to how transformative it will be if before you read the word, you were asking for the Holy Spirit to guide you through the text. Um, yeah. And so secondly, another thing, another aspect of like reading scripture is meditating on scripture and praying over scripture. So I think I talked about this in my like testimony in the first episode, but there was a point in my life where I very much was doing things, doing Christian things in quotation marks, merely to cross it off a checklist. Um, and that included the Bible, right? I'd open my Bible. It's like midnight, dead tired. Let me read a chapter. Boom, sleep. <laughs> you know, I was crossing it to check it off a list. I was, and then I was discarding it. Like there was no sort of application there. I wasn't carrying the word with me in any way because I that that's just how, wasn't how I was approaching it. But if we are indeed approaching, approaching scripture for the sake of better understanding God, better understanding this world, and better understanding ourselves, as I outlined, then meditating over scripture is the best way to do that. Joshua 1.8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Um, And so, you know, some people, they want to be like theologians and biblical scholars, but that need not be your aim. It's not mine, right? First and foremost, we should be reading the Bible so so that, like I said, we can be transformed. We're not looking for a mere intellectual understanding of these things, but we really want it to sink deep into our heart. And when you're glancing at it uh, once a week, uh, if, you know, at best, and, and you're not really meditating on it, if you're not filling your mind with the word, 
that's not going to happen. You know, like it's the same way where like if you watch a show, um, yeah, if you like watch a show every few months, you're going to have to like backtrack and remind yourself of things because you will you will have forgotten it because it's not on your mind. You know, you haven't been spending time thinking about this sort of thing. That might have been a horrible analogy. I don't know. It wasn't necessary. <laughs> My point is that Joshua 1.8 verse says, yes, to meditate on it day and night. Meditating on the word in terms of taking small passages praying about it, um, repeating it, studying it, um, asking the Lord to, um, to just allow that, that truth to sink deep into your heart, right? Sink deep into your soul, deep into your mind. Um, and, and, and so, like I said, like that's what the, the prayer part is praying over scripture, asking for deep understanding of it. Um, but yeah, making it something that you were referencing day and night, um, Right. And so then I think some like some practice, some like really practical things is um, one thing that I do while I'm reading the word is I love to take notes. I'm all, I'm just a person who likes taking notes in general. I don't think it's necessary for everybody, but I do think it's very helpful. I have like the Bible that I have, it's called journal, the word Bible. And it, it you know has like the sides, like the, what is it? Lines on the, in the margins that allow you to take notes and things like that. Um, I also think that accompanying your reading with a commentary can be very, very helpful. Helpful. Um, and so, like I said, I don't think, as I said earlier, you shouldn't constantly always be referring to the commentary um, of other people because you have the Holy Spirit if you are a Christian. And there's, I love, there's this phrase I've come, come along recently where it's like, there's no junior Holy Spirit, right? Where like, their Holy Spirit ain't better than yours. They might have been walking in the Spirit longer than your, longer than you, but you have the Holy Spirit, and He can bring revelations to your mind too. However, I do think that there are many parts of the Bible that, you know, they might be confusing, and you need some historical context to better understand what is being said here. And there's nothing wrong with supplementing that, supplementing your reading with a commentary to help clarify some things. You don't have to read, you know, a long analysis of every single verse. But if you're, you know, starting a new book and you want to figure out, okay, like what does this mean? Because the Bible also isn't chronological. So if you're trying to, you know, figure out like where something fits into this broader story, um, you know, referencing a commentary can be very helpful for that. Um, Another thing about reading the word um, is I, I think that if you're starting, if you're trying to start the Bible for the first time, um, I think it's important to be, to, to start with in the gospels. And I said that earlier, I believe, where you're reading about who Jesus is. You're reading about his earthly ministry. You're reading about the crucifixion and the resurrection and how he conquered conquered evil and how he was victorious and how he paid the ultimate price for all of mankind reading about that first that's going to inform how you read the rest of the bible especially because I, as i mentioned it's all the same story it's all one story but yeah starting with um, a gospel specifically john is what i would recommend um, and then moving on to genesis then maybe reading some of the epistles that paul wrote like maybe beginning with romans and then going through the book of proverbs um I think that's a good order if you're just getting started. Um, but yeah, just going back to what I was talking about, about like meditating on it day and night. Um, at the same time, it's okay to take it day by day and start with some baby steps. Um, I think it's very easy to get caught up in these sort of aesthetic things that Christian influencers post online where it's like, or not even just aesthetic. I mean, some of it's aesthetic, but also just like seemingly perfect a Bible reading schedule where it's like their Bible is super highlighted and super annotated and their quiet time is um, an hour, like their devotional time is like an hour or two hours long. They're doing it at five in the morning. That is wonderful. And that's what I aspire to. I'm not there <laughs> in many ways. Um, and, and I think that, you know, over the course of your faith walk, you might get to that point. But I also think that it's okay if that's not what you can realistically do right out of the gate. Um, and one thing that I highly recommend that you do not do is slip into the mindset that I sometimes get into or have gotten into in the past, which is very silly where I'm like, okay, well, I don't have an hour to fit in, fit like fit in reading the Bible right now. Um, so I'm just going to do it tomorrow. 
literally any scripture is better than no scripture. Um, you know, you should take out the time to prioritize reading the scripture and spending like time with the Lord, communing with the Lord, reading his word, of course. But 10 minutes on the Bible app is still going to be better. Well, you know, while you're like riding the bus somewhere is still going to be better than not touching your Bible for a week because you don't, because you haven't been able to schedule in an hour to an hour and a half of Bible reading, prayer, worship, all of these things. So baby steps are all right. Um, it's it's just a matter of getting into the word, of not being so intimidated by it. Um, and really just, yeah, giving it a go. Like I said, praying for understanding, consulting other resources when you need it. Um, you know, jotting down your questions. Consult, uh, I, I think another thing I forgot to mention is also reading the Bible with friends is a really fun thing. There will be a whole separate episode, um, I think, in, as part of this series about like fellowship and Christian community and how wonderful that is. Um, but yeah, asking friends questions about the word, doing Bible studies together, like that's really wonderful and can be really helpful when it comes to maturing our own understanding and our faith walks. So these are just some of the practicals that I recommend when it comes to reading scripture. So yeah, I mean, that brings me to the end of this first Faith Fundamentals episode like the Bible, reading the Bible, as I said, it is just, it will transform you in ways that nothing else can. Um, and it is so important that you make it a part of your daily routine. Um, and like I said, baby steps are okay, but, um, we make time for so much else, um, that reading the word should not be this massive chore in the beginning. It will feel like that, but eventually over time you will begin to take joy in it because you will you will understand that like reading the word it is so encouraging it is uplifting it is life-giving so that's all i'll say for for now but if you have any questions on anything i said definitely shoot them my way before i um wrap up this episode very quickly want to give y'all some song and book recommendations so for songs i have two by the same artists so the first is called desirable and the other is this is where i belong if you look it up on youtube it's all part of the same video but they're split up on streaming platforms and that's by upper room and toma to lugar i believe that's how you say it incredible have been on repeat for like two or three weeks now two weeks now um and then for books I, I read two books this past week, which are really, really great. The first is called Soul Care, Seven Transformational Principles for a Healthy Soul by Rob Reimer. Did not even intend to read that book, just sort of fell into it. And I took so many notes. It was really, really helpful. Um, highly recommend. And then the other is a poetry book by, um, it's called To Paint a Praise. And it's by Autumn Lee Waite. I'm all about supporting some young Christian creatives. She's only 20 years old. I discovered her on TikTok and she published her first book. So definitely purchase that, read that. The poems are beautiful and they're all about God and they're all about Jesus. Like, they're all about Jesus and this Christian walk and all of those things. So yeah, I'm gonna leave y'all with that. Looking so, so forward to the second episode in the Faith Fundamentals series, which is gonna be all about prayer. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Redemption Arc. To stay connected and receive show updates, follow at the Redemption Arc Pod on Instagram. Once again, that's at the Redemption Arc Pod on Instagram. You can also connect through email. Feel free to send prayer requests, personal testimonies, your thoughts on previous episodes or ideas for future ones, along with any questions you may have to the Redemption Arc Podcast at gmail.com. The purpose of this show is to edify the family of faith as well as engage those who are not yet believers but want to find out what this Christian walk could look like for them. I want the Redemption Arc to be as interactive of a platform as possible, so please do not hesitate to reach out. I'll see you on the next episode, but in the meantime, stay prayerful, stay vigilant, and never forget in whom you are redeemed. Thanks, y'all.